0: The Montreal Canadiens are proud to select... The Montreal Canadiens select... Carey Price... Cole Kauffel... Avec notre premier choix... URI Slavkovsky.
1: What's up, Habs fans? Hope you're all doing great. My name is Safia Ahmed, and for those of you who don't know me, I'm one of the producers for the History in the Making podcast. And today I'm bringing you a fascinating Q&A with our Director of Hockey Development, Adam Nicholas... My colleague, Evan Milner, asked Adam about his approach to development, his thoughts on some current Habs players and prospects like Uri Slavkovsky, Raphael Harvey Pinard, and Lane Hudson, and a whole lot more. We recorded this episode on Twitch as an interactive Q&A with fans, so make sure to subscribe to our official Twitch channel at CanadiansMTL for the chance to ask your own questions next time. All right, let's dig into this episode. Enjoy. Thanks for taking the time for joining us today. Uh, how's the offseason been so far?
0: Uh, the offseason has been fantastic. We've been uh, building out development plans for everybody and, and really uh, doing a lot of video clubs with guys and pulling them in, just talking about the playoffs and, and what they see to to really start the, the – keep the brain active, actually, as I should say, uh, with the players and keeping them engaged. Uh, we're trying to keep the mindset of uh, we're not in the offseason. We're actually still working um, because we see ourselves – in this situation moving forward. So we don't want to be just turning it completely off right now. We want to make sure we stay uh, intact with our business and our, and our job right now.
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that. It's, uh, it's always an off-season with an asterisk. An asterisk sorry, uh, There's always so much going on around here, uh, as I'm sure you know. So let's dive right into last night's uh, draft lottery. Obviously, the Habs got the fifth overall pick. Um, in his presser right after the draft lottery, Kent Hughes had mentioned that the organization was sort of preparing to pick anywhere between 5 and 7, given the odds and just given how these things normally shake out. Uh, so, he
0: seemingly wasn't surprised. What were your impressions? Well, the big key here was just not to slide, right? This, we knew we, if we, the lottery went the way it would go, we would be in 5th position. We just didn't want to fall down if by the luck of the draw, right? So, uh, at 5, we really feel like we're going to get a heck of a player. Uh, a player that can really uh, ultimately play in the National Hockey League, which is really good. This this draft's going to be close uh, to the 2015 draft uh, with how deep it is in the first round. You're probably maybe not going to see a McDavid. Maybe you do, but at the end of the day, like it's deep, and there's a lot of uh, opportunity here to, to hit on. So that's really now at the fifth spot, the scouts and everybody can do their due diligence and really dive in on who they're going to want to take at that fifth position. Um, before we dive into questions from the chat for those who are less familiar with you and your role with the
1: team can you just provide some insight on maybe what your day-to-day looks like in season and then well in the off season you kind of explained it already but more so in season
0: yeah during during the season uh, I think I spoke about it last year as well like um, I built these these dashboards that I I try to you know really find trends with players so i i look at trends at, through my eyes as well but i use the the data points to also drive my eyes uh or to make sure what i'm seeing is also true and and holding uh holding water so that's really what i do during the season and then i work with players individually send them videos uh, i go on the ice before practice stay out after practice uh, i talk during the during the drills during practice to, to make sure players are staying and, and staying focused on what they need to be working on because um, as a lot of us know uh you know sometimes the mind drifts and it forgets about the the things that we've got to actually stay consistent with and consistency is what drives excellence so no matter what i say or do it's up to the players to drive consistency and and to be able to do it on a day-to-day basis so that's what i really try to you know speak to the players a lot about is consistency and and doing it every day you could do something for an hour once once a week but if you do it every day for 10 minutes you're going to maximize the results so that's what we talk a lot about is like hey I know you're tired today, but you got to hit that for 10 minutes, got to get it done. And, and that's the type of stuff we do, uh, whether it's video, whether it's sitting with me going through their trends to, to make sure that we really have a focus point of what they actually want to enhance. Um, and that's really what my day to day is every day, you know, getting individual touches and, and working with the coaching staff. I do a lot of drill designs with them to, to help, uh, build environments during practice so that we can actually improve our game. Um, so that's also what I, what I do as well. So. Sounds like you're quite busy. Uh, we have our first question from the chat here from Gianta Tass. Hi, Adam. What excites you most about getting to work with a top five pick? Well, it's they hit every uh, key performance indicator from a physical standpoint. Uh, most of them do. Uh, their hands are great. their skating's really good. their their physical uh, elements of size and weight and and speed and power. those are all all there and intact. Um for a long time, I've worked with in the first overall picks. Uh, you know, top twenty picks, and, and what excites you about these picks is there's real, true potential of them actually making it. Like it, you can, it's there. It's they're they're at the door, and and really just helping them get through there and becoming that player that they're projected to be is really what's the opportunity. And it's the hardest thing to do in the game is is to really help players like this step through the door and then see their full potential and then go full throttle at it. And that's what's unbelievable at it. And there's a lot of pressure on them too. Like uh, when you get drafted that high, like uh, the expectation of the surrounding cast and, and the team, like they, they want these players to become the players they need to be so that the team can move forward as well. So it's just exciting through that whole process to actually dive into. Uh, Rocktos asks,
1: hi, Adam and Evan. Hi, Rocktos. Uh, I was just wondering what helps the development staff to determine on what specific aspect of the game can help a player improve to help them?
0: Yeah. So again, that's where my trend lines come into play. Um, and so what I do is use for an example, entries, uh, how many times do they enter on the outside versus the inside? How many times do they delay? How many times do they generate an inner slot, an opportunity, a chance, a play after. So I have a lot of variables that go into that one specific thing. And you, for me, what I usually dive into is inner slot passes or shots um cuz ultimately we want to create those type of scenarios uh within an entry. So we look at that and be like okay, the player is falling off here. Um they're not hitting uh comparable to their to their teammates and around the league. So we've got to up that uh that situation um so that they can become more productive um in their certain game. Cuz a lot of times um if you just look at entries and entry success from a success standpoint, that's when you really start going down a rabbit hole and try to find what is actually wrong or right or so um so that's really the process that i take uh when going through that um Habs asks hey adam
1: what is it like knowing that you get to work with all the youngsters to improve their game i know this is something you've been
0: doing for a while now yeah i it's it's such a unique thing like you don't really get to know what it's like until you see these young superstars like working with masters of the craft is something that I I don't take lightly. It, it's it's amazing to see the like everybody wants to think that these players are just uh, God given ability, but what was God given is or nurtured rather is their resiliency to keep working at their craft and the consistency of doing it every single day. That's that's what drives these players. um And so for me, like working with these kids and, and showing them the right way to actually now attack their game, because before what happens with these young players is it's really, it's a, it's an umbrella type development where they're working on their shot, their skating, their hands and all that stuff. And now it's, they're getting to a level where it actually has to be, uh, really, uh, nailed down. It's got to be pinpointed and scoped. We got to scope it and, and really put a, uh, a target on what actually do they have to improve? Because if we can do that, that's going to speed up their confidence and, and, the areas of which they've got to improve, um, and to, to make it to, to transfer to the NHL. Cause a lot of these kids at, the, at a young age, they don't know what transfers to the NHL. They they see highlights. They don't even a lot of times they don't watch full hockey games anymore because Instagram and Twitter and everything's so accessible to them. It, they get things quickly, so they get to watch a fifteen minute clip, and, and that's what they see as oh wow I can do that. It, but that's not the game. That's just an instance. Um, and so it's 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 really fun to work with these young kids to teach them the game. Yeah, it's crazy
1: the the pace of the game. In the NHL is
0: is obviously the best in the world and that
1: split second can really really make a, a difference but we have so many young guys so many rookies on the team this year and
0: I think a lot of the fans um, saw the saw them make a lot of strides this year so the biggest thing Evan is is at the end of the day it's like teaching when to and when not to right and I always use this as a funny joke with the players but like I should know when to eat a salad when not to eat a salad if I want to lose weight right if you want to lose weight well guess what I, I need to know when to and when not to and, and I should learn when to do it more often Um, versus not to and it's just like anything and they want to dangle while the dangling is is like your dessert Uh, you know and if you hang on to the puck too long and you do it too much you're you're not going to see the results you want to see from a physical standpoint and output Um, and so that's when you've got to learn when to and when not to and that's the hardest thing to do uh, as a player because a lot of the times these young players they've been given everything and they can just do whatever they want and there's their physical Separation. What I mean by physical separation is, is they're skating, their hands, their their shot is just better than their peers in that moment. And now you get to the top of the food chain. It's the separation is not there anymore. You got to start using this, uh, and you got to start learning the game and learning the pace and the timing and reads uh, that we talk a lot about here. Um, that's the di- most difficult part is those adjustments. to keep that solid analogy in mind.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have a French question here from Jessica Lemay. Uh, Bonjour, Adam. Quels sont les jeunes joueurs du Rocket de Laval qui sont le plus améliorés cette saison? So,
0: which of the uh, Laval Rocket players improved the most this season, in your opinion? Well, you look at HP, uh, you know, Raphael Harvin Penard, I mean, he's just that guy has the intangible that is hard to teach and hard to quantify what he actually does. Um, Because when you look at him, he reminds me of, like, when I say this, this is something that just my history of learning. learning other sports in the league, and, and you look at Pep Guardiola when he first came into Barcelona, um, you look at uh, Messi, right? And, and what happened is, is Messi got pushed down the, the the rankings of players because of his size, right? And they had KPIs where they wanted players six feet, 180 pounds. They wanted leg lengths to be X, Y, and Z. So Messi doesn't have any of those those KPIs. But what he does have is wits. He does know how to play within his body to overcome his KPI deficiencies, and that's what Raphael Harvey Pernard does. He he's able to overcome that. Um, so for me, I, I obviously he's the obvious one. He he he's the one that improved the most, uh, I guess, just by pure getting opportunity. Um, without our injuries, I'm not sure we see what HP can do. Um, and then you look at Justin Barron. I thought Justin Barron when he went down right away at training camp, um, he really worked. He really worked diligently at improving what he needed to improve, which was. Defensive side of the puck, urgency defensively, um, and, and that's something that we really starting to see come out of him. Um, so it, he's going to get better and better at that, and the more he gets more confident in this league, the better he's going to be at reading things and anticipating things faster. Um, so I, I see a lot. I see, you know, hopefully a you know, pretty big summer for him and and seeing him coming in at the, uh, at the training camp and doing what he does. Speaking of Baron, uh, he's headed off to Worlds now
1: to represent Team Canada alongside... Uh, um and Lane Hudson will be there as well for the U.S. Lane Hudson obviously made noise um, at Boston University this season, uh, won basically every award in the book, and was a Hobie Baker uh, nominee. Um, how uh, how is the organization feeling about his development this far?
0: Well, he's just special. Like he, you, this 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 is another one where he just has the the, the quickness, the acceleration, the explosiveness that that's what we're trying to get and trying to foster here is that type of acceleration and that quickness and explosiveness and that's what you see in the cars that's what you see uh with the gerards uh the the Grizzlies, you know those type of d-men um and you know lanes lanes a, uh, a puck distributor like the puck's got to go through him he, he plays with the puck and he's basically what you would call your point guard in, in basketball um and he's your facilitator he does it well, does it really well. And he knows how to time himself in between space and, and checks and he gets himself into areas where he's a threat all the time. Um, so we're really happy. We're ecstatic with what he's doing. Um, he's also growing, he's gotten thicker, he's gotten bigger, uh, which is massive for us. That's what we need him to do. Um, and and with our deep core that we have right now, I mean, we're, we're getting big and we're getting quick, fast. And so having a guy like him, it's not going to be, you know, something where like, you're thinking of yourself as, okay, we need to replace, you know, another small guy. He's he's going to be able to have protection, uh, should I say. And, and then he's going to learn. He's going to learn how to play defense within his own body. And he's not going to do it the same way everybody else does. it. he's not going to finish hard through checks. He's not going to be crushing guys. He's going to play with his mind. He's going to play. He's going to tell you you have something and then he takes it away. He's going to be a lot of deception through his defensive game. He's going to be able to finish through hands. He's just not going to be, you know, running and, and gunning around. And, and that's just something that he has to adapt to uh, with his own game. But overall, we're ecstatic. I mean, the kid is an absolute stud. Yeah, you got that right. Uh, I'm excited to
1: see it, and I'm sure the rest of the Habs, Habs fans are too. Uh, not sure when that day will be, but it is a highly anticipated debut. Um, we have a question here from IK Noah. Uh, from a development standpoint, how do you feel about how Slavkovsky prog- uh, progressed last year, and where do you think you uh, you noticed the most growth in his game?
0: Well, when you look at Slavs and what I call him the big rig, um, the things that he has you just you can't teach. Like he can skate for that size, he's big, um, he's rangy, he can shoot it when he can get it off. And so for me, like it's it's teaching him now awareness, right? As everybody knows, and. What we're trying to teach him is is how to play the two hundred by eighty five foot game, like knowing when to and when not to. So you saw moments where he was he was trying at first, uh, you know, try to possess the puck all the time and enter with possession and try to flash his skill. Well, that's not the NHL all the time, and that's where the highlights in watching highlights comes into effect, right? And so what we worked on him is just the gate like okay hey this is when to chip it this is when to put a puck into space and then go back and recover it and uh, those are the type of things that we really focused and horned in on with him uh honed in on with him and you know obviously scanning around and then we we obviously it's not the physical movements of scanning and turning his head it's about what he's looking for and, and giving him objectives to make sure his eyes are up say hey what are you looking for before you get the puck and are you looking where the defensive pressure is coming from Are you looking where space is how are you able to then turn your objective into production? Um And so that's really where we we dove into this year. and I know you guys saw the Twitter feeds and of him going out there working on scanning with me. It, it wasn't actually working on the physical movements. It was working on what are you looking for and where to threaten your eyes so that you can move and shape defenses the way you want to shake them. So the big rig, my I feel is is heading in a very positive trajectory. Uh, to where we need him to get to. So this summer for him, a big focus is going to be owning below the goal line, owning net front, uh, using those skills in those areas to to produce.
1: Yeah, you look at a guy like Slaff, and it's easy to forget that he came into the league as an eighteen year old, right? They're they're not; they're basically fresh out of high school. They haven't fully developed, and they're still learning the game. So, um... what
0: I'll say about that is, like sometimes you've got to realize is when a kid comes from. Of the pro leagues or college hockey or, or junior hockey, and they get put in the NHL, they're going against professionals that are the best at their craft. And so you have to learn how to problem solve, not a defensive stick, a professional's defensive stick, defensive, defensive positioning. He has to learn how to play against guys that get paid millions of dollars to do what they do it's not a small task and it, it's 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 something that takes a little bit of time and and that's why you see a lot of these i mean look at mcdavid's trajectory right now like he's he's climbing because he now understands all those little intricacies within the game that allows him to then now execute at the next level and that it does take time to understand the timing and spacing and and reading bodily cues to perform now i'm sure
1: this sort of varies um depending on the individual, but how long would you say it takes for a highly touted prospect or any prospect for that matter to sort of
0: realize their full potential in the NHL? Well, I think it's, it does, it varies. It really does. It's just based off of where the confidence level's at. And and to me, that's the key. I mean, there's no, there's no real uh, secret here of why Kirby Doc is really good with us, right? He's really good with us because we breed confidence with him. Marty is excellent with him with that. And That's the, the mind is the most powerful weapon in the world. And if you can put the mind at ease and the mind doesn't have, you know, lack of confidence and the mind is, is feeling like they can be, you know, a a difference maker, then you're going to be able to play with freedom. Your body's going to do things that you want it to do. And, And that's really ultimately what it comes down to. It's, it's breeding confidence. So the reason a lot of guys in this league, they work on their shot and their scoring, it's not to work on the physical elements now, although physical elements might be taught in that session, it's to build confidence so they feel ready. That's ultimately what you're trying to do uh, with every player is really making them feel prepared. It's it's no different than this interview, Evan, where you have you know things that you wrote down and you feel confident. Okay, I'm confident in this interview. I'm ready to go, uh, and, and there's nothing going to be missed here. It's it's no different than than that scenario for a player.
1: All right, we're going to shift back to the decor here. Uh, we have a question from ksid 89. Hey Adam, you said inner passes and entries are part of your video review of players, but what are you looking at or studying when you work with defensemen?
0: So uh, I, I was under this assumption years ago that defense was taught. Um, and so when I, when you're under that assumption, uh, I focused heavily on the offensive side. Well, I feel the game is at, at the junior level has shifted to offense now. A lot of these players are playing free. Everybody calls them playing free. So what we look at now is more the defensive side, like spacing, gapping, uh, against the rush, how they're forward angling, how they use their stick. Um, the biggest thing with the decor this year that uh, Stefan Robitaille and I worked on was what we call intelligent sticks, really trying to dial in how our D use their sticks to influence play and to disrupt possessions. Um, so that was a huge element to our, uh, to our teachings this year from a physical standpoint, uh, footwork is massively important um, and how the D use their feet to keep their spacing, uh, how we stop our checks. Cause we talk a lot about this where offense is about movement defense is about stopping movement. So we want to use our footwork, our sticks to push play where we want it so then we can stop offensive movement. Um, so that's what we talked a lot about pins, box outs. Um, what really struggles with young decor it is how to play as a secondary defenseman. And what I mean by secondary is when they're not on the puck. So we have a primary D, a primary D is on it. And our secondary D has got to pick up. It's it's no different than a, a free safety in football. Um, and, and so what they have to do is they got to be able to have their head on a swivel and deny the threat. Because as everybody knows and watches NHL hockey, players can make passes under heavy contention. They can make plays under, under getting hits. It, that's what the NHL is about. So you can't just assume that your D partner's killing a play because the forwards are miraculous. They can make plays around that. And you've got to be ready at any moment that there's going to be a play made. And so that's kind of our message uh, with our D as secondary D. We got to break that up. We can't, we got to intercept plucks into the inner slot. We can't let them uh, make those plays. And and as you guys saw, we we struggled a little bit with that, but then we started getting it back on the rails uh, with our D. It's fascinating. I feel like I'm learning so much here. I was was a forward (laughs) back
1: in my, in my days. Uh, officially hung up the skates, but uh, no, my defensive
0: game was all, always awful. So it's it's, well, it's taken some of this. <laughs> it, well, it's about reverse engineering. So what you what you're trying to do offensively, you got to take it away defensively. So we teach our secondary defense to play between checks. Well, if, if the fact guys playing between checks, that means the forward can't play between checks, and that's where the deadly spaces. So you have to reverse engineer it, and, and it's really it's it's fascinating stuff. But it's it's it always comes true. Every time you go, like I I showed examples to the to the staff about. Uh, other goals being scored in the league and every time there's an inner slot opportunity it's the same issue across the league it's the weak side d has forgotten to pick up the inside or the center has forgotten to pick up the inside and they just get left alone there uh completely untouched so it's 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 not just like our team or that team it's every single team across the league
1: all right so we spoke a little bit about forwards a little bit about d let's go to the goalies uh big bird here has a question what are the biggest challenges in developing young goalies
0: well, I'm not a goalie guy, uh, but I, I do study goalies for goal scoring. So I, I'll give you my spin on on the biggest challenge. Um, so what happens with young goalies when they train, they do a lot of training in set positions where it's set, controlled, and they, and they just work on their movements. The biggest issue that happens once you get to the NHL and why it takes time for goalies is because they have to learn to make saves under motion, in motion, I should say. they got to learn to make those saves because – I teach a lot of crossing routes, down routes. I don't like to get square when I shoot on the goalie uh, because then the goalie can get set. And then once they're set, they can then move and, and and catch things. What we try to keep them doing is keep them in their shuffle or keep it, get, try to shoot when they go from standing to down into the post. We, tr- we try to teach a lot of that. And so with the NHL players, they're really elite at it. Like you watch McKinnon over and over. You watch Austin Matthews. You watch Cole Caulfield. You, you watch McDavid. You watch these guys that are elite at scoring. And, and if you guys go back to... uh I think it was Cole's second goal against Toronto game one uh, of the season last year. You can see his pattern and how uh, I believe Samsonoff was in that. And he couldn't get square to Cole. And that's why Cole was able to rip it short side high and in. And that's all because of how his pattern of attack, his hand placement of him threatening to the back side and then able to come back to the right side and then rip it short side. And Samsonoff couldn't keep up. Um, and to me, that's just textbook training right there. And learning how to score. Like his shot's elite, but it's the routes and patterns that make an elite. And that's what young goalies struggle with, is keeping up with those routes and patterns. I can tell you whatever Cole is doing is certainly working. Um, Another question here from
1: FCZ Habs. What is it like working with the best franchise in all of sports?
0: That's a great question because it it really is. um, What Jeff Molson has put together here and and Jeff Gordon and Ken Hughes and, and really allowing us to to really build it like a modern day organization is really special and i got when i walk up the steps at the bell center and and you see the the Habs logo and uh the 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 history underneath it and then you walk through and and see the statues it's just goosebumps it's just amazing um the type of history that's here it's the only big uh, sports franchise in the city of montreal so it's it's phenomenal to the, the excitement, the energy, it's the passion, it's, it's what matters. Um, so to me, it's, it's, it's just, I'm, I'm elated to work for the, for the team. And it's just, uh, something that I cherish very, very much. Um, you can actually hear my voicemail when I, uh, after my voicemail, I I say, go Habs go, uh, because I, I I do feel it's a complete honor. And and to me, like when I took a marketing class and, in college, they talked about how if you use red in your logo, it's passion, right? And, and red's everywhere. It's just passionate uh, franchise. And that's what I like to bring. I, I have energy and I have passion and I, I love what I do. And and working for the Montreal Canadiens is just a dream come true, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, those are emotions that uh, I feel as well. It's pretty sur- yeah. surreal working for this team. And it's like, it doesn't feel like you're coming into work uh, any day. You know, it's just sort of, it's yeah. passion and uh, yeah. Um, one last question here from Big Bird. Adam is Adam Engstrom the most underrated prospect in the organization?
0: So in our organization, I'm going to say no. Uh, we really cherish this kid. We we feel like we we got something here um, with Adam Engstrom. I mean, he's he's got a lot of unbelievable uh, KPIs that we like. He's he's got great edge work, his hands, his re- his reach, his range. Uh, you know, he's a very intelligent player from an offensive side. But this is a guy a case here where. We want to enhance his defensive side, um, defending uh, on a two hundred by one hundred sheet arena that he plays in. Now, your gaps are going to be a little looser because you have time to recover. Uh, there's a long way to go, um, so he, we we really value him. We we have a lot of excitement for this kid, just like we did with Emil Heineman, uh, where Emil Heineman wasn't getting you know unbelievable opportunity with Laxan, but when he came over here, everybody loves him because he's. We knew that his game would be more transferable to our game. Uh, on on the on these sheets here. So that's really uh where we think Engstrom. Engstrom will probably be a better defender. His gaps will be tighter on a on a smaller sheet. He's got great footwork um and he's really good with the puck. Like he he can really rip it around. So he he'll have some learning to do, uh, but his intensity's there, his, his compete's there, like those intangibles are there. So he's not gonna have to learn that. He's just gonna have to learn the when to and when not to in, in the timing of, of this game.
1: And with that, it is time to wrap things up, unfortunately. uh, We'd like to say a huge thank you to you, Adam, for for taking the time today to join us. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did, and uh, we hope you have a great rest of the summer. We can't wait to see you uh, at training camp in the fall.